athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. In my mind As always, thank you for joining me on another edition of Box to Row. Look, I got a lot to get to on today. One game remaining in the HBCU football season. The matchup in Atlanta on Saturday between Florida A&M and Howard. I'm going to break that game down and give you my thoughts on who, uh, how that game will go and who I think will win that football game. Then on Monday, the HBCU National Champion will be named... And, of course, you can log on to our website, BoxToRow.com, as the final HBCU coaches and media polls will be revealed on Mondays. We wind the season down. You know, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to you and yours. Hope you're in, you know, that festive time or that festive mood during this season. I know that I am as we wind the season down. Uh, And, as a matter of fact, on the next couple of weeks here, on Box to Row. It's going to be our 2023 year-end review show. So we're going to take a listen back to some of the great conversations that we had with some of the great guests that appeared on Box to Row throughout 2023. I always look forward to that because when you have guests, it's great. You know, we're grateful for all the guests that we have. But when you go back and look at the totality of, of a year and look at the guests and the amount of guests uh, that have come on uh, to box to row. It is, it is really uh, amazing. And, and, And again, you're talking about this being our 19th, 19th year end review show. So I'm looking forward to that over the next couple of weeks. Also today here on the program, guess what? It's still report card time, right? So I've got grades for the team's, from the SIAC, from the CIAA, we're going to look at uh, Tennessee State. We're going to look at Hampton. We're going to look at North Carolina A&T as well. And again, gave my grades last week to the teams from the MEAC and the SWAC. If you happen to miss uh, that particular show, you can log on to our website, uh, boxtorow.com, to listen to that podcast. Um, look, I... I I, I, I'll tell you, you know, th- this matchup on Saturday between Florida A&M and Howard is very, very intriguing from so many different standpoints. I mean, you've got two really good quarterbacks, Jeremy Musa for Florida A&M, Quentin Williams for Howard. You've got good defenses, I think, 
Florida A&M's defense is elite. I think Howard's defense is really, really good with some really, really good playmakers. Um, as a matter of fact, so you've got that dynamic in it. And you know, when I, I I'm gonna again, I'm gonna break this game down, and I think you may be surprised at who I am going to pick to win this game. Now that said, okay, let's look at it from this vantage point. If Florida A&M wins this football game, then Florida A&M will be named national champions when the coaches and media poll, the HBCU coaches and media polls come out on Monday. I don't think there's any doubt about that because both are number one in the coaches and media polls currently. If Howard wins, see, this is sort of a situation going back to 2021, very similar situation where South Carolina State and Jackson State met. Jackson State was rolling. Uh, South Carolina State beat Jackson State, and the question became, would South Carolina State be named national champs? And uh, the Bulldogs were in the coaches' poll, but then in the media poll, uh, Bowie State, uh, the Bulldogs were named national champs because you've got Howard right now um, who, who sits at number four in the media poll. But I think where Howard is and what Howard's done, if you look at some of the other teams, you know, Benedict, came off a loss in the playoffs. I mean, we're looking at the media poll. Uh, and by the way, Chinnis Berry, and now the new head football coach of South Carolina State, was introduced uh, at a press conference on uh, on Tuesday. Had a chance to kind of talk with him a little bit uh, on uh, Monday. He's super excited uh, about the opportunity, and you could see that in the, uh, in the presser. But it'll be an interesting conversation to see who will be named HBCU national champs when the HBCU coaches polls, uh, coaches and media polls come out on Monday. The HBCU All America team, uh, the HBCU college football All America team was released on Monday, leading the way. Ladarius Owens, the running back from Texas Southern. You've got, uh, and these are the leading vote getters. You've got um, Isaiah Major, the linebacker. For Florida A&M, Cameron Colvin, the uh, offensive lineman for uh, Florida A&M. Also, all all three of those players, the leading vote getters. And then on Wednesday, the players of the year were released. Uh, Your HBCU National Player of the Year, North Carolina Central quarterback Davius Richard. Uh, Your Defensive Player of the Year, Tennessee State Defensive Lineman Terrell Allen. Uh, the coach of the year, uh, Willie Simmons of Florida A&M. I don't think there was any doubt about that. And then you've got a, a, some other awards uh, as well. You've got the special teams player of the year award. You've got the rookie of the year. And you've got the impact player of the year as well. All of that information can be found on our website at BoxToRow.com. Okay, we got that out of the way. It's report card day here on Box to Row. We're going to look at the, I'm going to give my grades to the teams from the SIAC and the CIAA. Let's begin uh, with the SIAC, and we're going to do this thing in alphabetical order. Oh, and by the way, we'll also talk about A&T, Hampton, uh, and Tennessee State as well, maybe West Virginia State to a bit of a lesser degree, perhaps Langston uh, as well as we have time. Uh, let's start with Albany State. Finished with a record of 6-5 and five and ended up making it to the SIAC championship game. It didn't start out that way, starting the season out 0-2, but then winning four straight games. The Golden Rams were hot, got tripped up by Allen, who turned out to be a pretty good team this year. As a matter of fact, finished 
uh, in the top 10 of the HBCU Division II coaches poll, which was released on Friday. Lost to Edward Waters, who had a pretty good team this year as well. But then when it really counted, defeated Miles. That was a huge win needed to get that, to have any chance of getting to the championship game. And then defeated Fort Valley State um, in that big classic there in Georgia. And, of course, lost to Benedict in the SIAC championship. But, look, I thought Fort Valley State had a good season. I know, you know, Banu, the quarterback, wasn't as consistent. I know as Quinn Gray in his first season as the head coach there would have liked. Nonetheless, that was a good season. I thought a solid season anyway for Albany State. I gave the Golden Rams a B minus. Allen on the season. As I mentioned, I thought Allen had an, a phenomenal season. And when you're talking about quarterbacks, look, you've got a gunslinger in uh, David Wright. He was first team, uh, all SIAC. I, I believe he was the conference's player of the year as well. He's a gunslinger. So in other words, he's going to, you know, he had, he had uh, seven, he had, he averaged over 300 yards passing per game. He had 19 touchdowns, but he had 17 interceptions uh, also this season. And by the way, Um, Teddy Keaton moves over from Allen to now Clark Atlanta as the head football coach. Look, I thought when I looked at the Yellow Jackets and and, and look, I believe in Teddy Keaton. You know, I think that, um, you know, he he is a uh, a good coach is maybe going to do some good things there uh, at Clark Atlanta. Uh, But you look at this season, I mean, a tough loss to Miles. Uh, You look at a a, a loss to Benedict, but most teams did lose to Benedict to end uh, the season. Of course, that's a rivalry game right there in Columbia. And then the only other loss on the season was to Fort Valley State. I thought Allen did a really, really good job. I thought it was a solid season. And I gave the Yellow Jackets a B. Benedict on the season finished 11-1. Going to be interested to see where the Tigers finish uh, once the HBCU media poll comes out on Monday. Another Really, really good season. I think my my the only thing is I would have liked to see Benedict compete a little bit better in the Division II playoffs, although it did compete better this year than it did last year. As I mentioned earlier in the program, Chinnis Berry moves over from Benedict uh, to now South Carolina State. Going to be interested to see and interesting to see how the Benedict program uh, does. Look, you've got a couple of bookends in Luber Danilis, Jaden Broughton, both absolutely outstanding on this year. And then, Listen for this name, Joshua Hayward. He's a 6'2", almost 200-pound corner, okay, that uh, will be in the National Football League draft, uh, this upcoming draft, and could could potentially be drafted in the late round. Certainly would be a priority free agent, has really good speed, uh, big corner also as well. Look, I mean, it's a program that was tremendous back-to-back SIAC championships, of course, I gave Benedict an A. Central State on the season finished five and five for the Marauders. So interesting season. This was I I thought when I looked at Central State and it it didn't start well actually uh, for Central State and for the football program it started off it actually started off well. I mean you're talking about that Chicago Classic, okay for Central State with the victory over Mississippi Valley State. I mean anytime you can beat you play up and you can win a football game. That's that's always a good thing. But then a couple of straight losses. Lost to Dayton, 62 to 24. Tuskegee, 27 to 21. Allen, 34 to 28. Miles, 40 to 7. And then lost to Albany State, 48 to nothing. And I think 
you know, when you looked at that 48 to nothing loss, you're like, uh oh, this could be really, really bad, especially because you were talking about the fifth straight loss, especially after Central State uh, got the victory. But then beat Savannah State, beat Clark, beat Lane, beat Kentucky State. While it may not be the upper echelon of the SIAC, as Rod Broadway used to say, all wins are good wins. When you can get a conference win, so you start the season off with a win, end the season with four straight victories, and that gives you some momentum moving into the 2024 season. I gave the Marauders a C+. You've got it locked to Box to Row. I am your host, Donald Ware. It's Report Card Day here on the program. We've still got more teams to give grades to from the SIAC and from the CIAA, plus a look at Tennessee State, Hampton, and North Carolina A&T, perhaps West Virginia State and Langston still to come as well. And I'm going to preview Saturday's game, the big game between Florida A&M and Howard. Keep it locked to Box to Row. More of Box to Row with Donald Ware is on the way. Aggies, you don't want to miss any basketball games this season. December 30th at 2 p.m., the women's basketball team will host Averett University. This will be community outreach night and doors open at 1 p.m. Come cheer on the NCANT Lady Aggies at Corbett Sports Center. For more information and to purchase tickets, please visit ncataggies.com. The old renaissance is the new renaissance, standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company, uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. All Weaver Street Markets. Harris Teeter. Food Lion. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, and Barica Soul. Find the Box to Row YouTube page for conversations with stars like Amari Hardware, Brandy, Michael Strahan, and with some of our favorite sports guests over the years. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row. Box to Box Row. To Box, to Row. Row. Box to Row. Santa baby, just slip a sable under the tree for me. Been an awful good girl. We're back here on the program. Still to come here on Box to Row, my thoughts on the game between Florida A&M and how we're taking place on Saturday in Atlanta. Looking forward to that football game, and I've got some thoughts on the matchup. Continuing with the final grades, it's report card day here on the program. We've already looked at Albany State, Allen, Benedict, and Central State. We're going to take a look at Clark Atlanta. Wow, I mean... (laughs) What a season for Clark Atlanta. And I think, you know, I think the best news for Clark Atlanta is that Teddy Keaton uh, is coming in as the new head football coach. That 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 is the best news 
for Clark because it's just been, I mean, it's been a tremendously tough season, but not just season. I mean, if you look over some years, it's just been a really, really tough go. Um, And so the Clark program really needs to be uh, invigorated, needs some new life. You know, Willie Slater uh, was a tremendous coach his years at uh, Tuskegee and even before that, North Alabama was offensive coordinator, won many, many national championships. Uh, Just wasn't, uh, I don't think it was the right fit. And Clark Atlanta didn't win a football game. Now this year I gave the, uh, the Panthers an F. Edward Waters on the season. So, you know, let's take a look at the Tigers. You know, I was really, I mean, I got to be, I got to be honest. Like I was really, really impressed with what um, this football team was able to do six and four on the season. I mean, now it didn't start out great for Edward Waters as at all. You look at a loss to Florida Memorial. I mean, if you're Edward Waters, you can't lose that football game for the meaning in terms of the state of Florida and then, you know, being a Division II team, NAIA team is what Florida Memorial is. I mean, it's fine, but I'm just saying, if you're Edward Waters, you're in the SIAC, you're trying to make some noise, that can't happen. But then, and then got beat down by Benedict. But then things started to get um, a little bit better, even though a loss to Fort Valley State. Fort Valley State was one of the better teams um, in the SIAC this year and uh, only lost by three points uh, in that football game. And then for Edward Waters, the Marauders started to go on a roll, beat Morehouse, beat Savannah State in a close game, beat Lane, beat Tuskegee uh, on a and back-to-back weeks wins against Tuskegee and Albany State <clears throat> late in football games. It still had an opportunity maybe for an SIAC a championship lost to uh, Allen in uh, in the next to last game of the season. Um, but look, I thought, I thought this was a really, really good season for Edward Waters. Jiren Russell, the quarterback, did a really, really good job. He had, you know, a couple of bona fide um, receivers as well to get the football to it. And, and that, you know, always helps, including, you know, Johnny Jones, who was first team. Uh, matter of fact, two bookends, uh, two receivers, first team, um, all SIAC. Look, I thought Edward Waters had a <clears throat> a season that was better than was expected, and I gave the Tigers a B. Fort Valley State on the season. So this was a, a again, this was a Fort Valley State team that had an opportunity still to make it to the SIAC uh, championship game. Couldn't get it done. Started the season off with the loss uh, to Tuskegee, but then went on a nice five game winning streak. That big game. On ESPN2 against uh, Benedict. Benedict just does that to everybody. I mean, you know, no shame for Fort Valley State. Plus, you know, had 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 some injuries um, in that football game. I thought where Fort Valley State could have gotten it done was the game against Albany State. Basically, Fort if I remember correctly, Fort Valley State wins that football game. Fort Valley State's in the SIAC championship game, and it just, you know, couldn't quite get it done. I thought, you know, Kelvin Durham, the quarterback, I thought if he had been healthy uh, in the game against Benedict, then it may have been a different football game. He played, uh, but he wasn't healthy. But he had a good season. I mean, you look at the 17 uh, touchdowns to eight interceptions, and by the way, Fort Valley State gets the victory uh, in, uh, 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 played in, in uh, as a matter of fact, in Fort Lauderdale uh, on Wednesday, got that victory over Johnson C. Smith. To go to eight to finish the season at eight and three, I gave the Wildcats a 
B. All right. Kentucky State on the season was a bit of a, it was a, not a bit of, it, it was a definitely a tough season for Kentucky State. Okay. Tough season for Kentucky State. And um, uh, look, you look at the Wildcats, only won three football games uh, on the season. It didn't get a whole lot going. I mean, you know, lost to Clark. I mean, really had to start the season, you know, lost four, five straight football games. But, I mean, the one thing I will say about Kentucky State, I mean, it, it, it you know, when you want it, you want to take something positive away. And if you want to think, take something positive away for the thoroughbreds going into 2024, then you could say, okay, you won two of your last four ball games. Because, again, thoroughbreds had lost five straight games. Tough season for the thoroughbreds. I gave Kentucky State a D. Lane on the season. So, Lane. Um, you look at this program and Lane only um, only won two football games, you know, on the season, finished the season two and eight. Now, you know, we've seen Lane be competitive in past years. I mean, even to some degree, going toe-to-toe with Tuskegee, uh, going toe-to-toe with uh, Edward Waters, but it still it wasn't good enough for the Dragons. I gave the Dragons a D minus. Miles on the season. So, again, Miles was one of these teams um, that really had an opportunity to win that SIAC championship late. I thought a really significant win over Alabama State to uh, to the second game of the season because that was a good Alabama State football team who finally figured it out and then a tough loss late to Arkansas Pine Bluff. And if you're talking – if Miles wins that game, I think, against – Arkansas Pine Bluff, no matter what happens, you know, the rest of the season. I mean, even played Benedict very tough. I I thought, you know, what really tripped Miles up was the loss to Albany State in the way in which Miles lost to Albany State and then ended the season with a win against Tuskegee. I think Miles, if Miles had won that game, the season had played itself out the way that it did, and then Miles had won that game against Arkansas Pine Bluff. You're probably, you may be looking at a Miles team, perhaps. That could have gotten it could have gotten an at-large berth in the uh, in the Division Two playoffs. Again, I don't know how much the Division Two committee counts FCS wins. At one time, it didn't really count them. Maybe maybe it does now. I'm not 100 percent sure um, about that. Still, I thought a solid season for Miles. Uh, I gave uh, Miles a B. Morehouse on the season. So um, look. A a an extremely, extremely tough season for Morehouse. Um, the the football program, unfortunately, and and it did get the win, um, to 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 end the season or against Clark Atlanta. But you know, it's just it's just really a program like Clark, very much like Clark. Your two schools uh, in Atlanta that you would think, and both private schools, by the way, <clears throat> excuse me, that you think would. Uh, would do reasonably well just haven't gotten it done and it just has not gone well for Morehouse uh, ever since uh, it parted ways with Rich Freeman and, and in all fairness uh, on the on the back half of Rich Freeman's tenure at Morehouse uh, it wasn't going well uh, either and you hope that it at the uh, uh, Maroon Tigers are able to bounce back but I gave the Maroon Tigers an F. Savannah State on the season so I thought this may be um, a Savannah State team that 
may have a little bit better of a season than it did, especially coming off last season where it wasn't eligible. Was it last season? No, it was a couple of seasons before where, where it wasn't eligible for the SIAC championship, but like went defeated through the SIAC. I think last year wasn't bad, but it, you know, it's almost like the Tigers to some degree took a bit of a step backwards, won the first game of the season. Matter of fact, won two, two of its first three games of the season, then it had a tough stretch. Albany State was a three-point loss. We know what Albany State was this year. Um, Edward Waters was a one-point loss. We know what Edward Waters was this year. Fort Valley State within two touchdowns. You know, lost to Central State, who had a nice win early, uh, as I mentioned, in the season. Lost by seven points uh, to Tuskegee. You know, played maybe reasonably well against Benedict, losing 38-17, to and then lost to Lane. So you're talking about some heartbreaking losses, really, by Savannah State. I gave the Tigers a D. Tuskegee on the season, it was a solid season. You know, I thought for Tuskegee could have been a little bit better. I mean, you you know, you look at the win against Fort Valley State to start the season, even though that was a non-conference game, it's still a good win. As a matter of fact, the Golden Tigers started out the season 4-0, then got tripped up by Alabama A&M. Okay, no shame. You know, no shame in that. Get the victory over Morehouse. You're still rolling. That loss to Edward Waters, I think, is really what began um, sort of the downturn in the season, if you will, uh, because it wasn't like Tuskegee had a bad season. But that loss, I mean, I'm not sure if Tuskegee, you know, going into that Miles game, I mean, yeah, won two more straight games against Savannah State, which, as I mentioned, I mean, it wasn't an, wasn't an awful football team, lost some touch, tough games, and then, only beat Clark 14-3. It's not a very good football team. Then loses to Miles and loses to Alabama State in the Turkey Day Classic. So Tuskegee um, did not finish the season um, very strong at all. Had a, you know, but had a good start to the season. Um, you know, I thought, you know, I thought it was it wasn't a, a bad season for Tuskegee. And I gave the uh, Golden Tigers. Uh, a C plus on the season. You've got it locked uh, right now. It is report card day here on Box to Row. I am your host, Donald Ware. We just finished wrapping up the teams from the SIAC. Um, let's look at AT real quick. I mean, l- l- let's look at AT real quick before we go to break. It was a tough season for North Carolina. AT only one win on the season. That one win uh, was against Norfolk State. Um, the Aggies could never really establish a quarterback, three quarterbacks sort of in the fold. And is now, as a matter of fact, a couple of uh, quarterbacks have transferred out, uh, out of the program or into the transfer portal, which leaves K.J. White, who was the true freshman, who uh, really looked to be the starter after three games at, uh, on the season and then was pulled and then came back in. And he was starting to play well towards the latter part of the season uh, before he got hurt. Um, I thought the running game for A&T was really the staple offensively, at least early on. And by the way, A&T did uh, part ways, Vincent Brown and A&T parted ways with the offensive coordinator. By the time the A&T got the offense really going, the defense sort of had taken uh, a bit of a step back, especially with B.J. Turner out, uh, the linebacker who who was really, really good. He got hurt in the Hampton game, which was about the seventh game of the season for A&T. It was just a tough season. I think one of the one of the bright spots, Tamon Cook, was named Special Teams Player of the Year, the HBCU Special Teams Player of the Year. He had three kick returns 
for touchdowns on the season, second in FCS in terms uh, of um, of uh, yards per kick return, something like 34 yards per kick return, something like that. Tough season for the Aggies. Not going to give the Aggies a grade as the play-by-play voice. I'm not going to not going to do that at all. But I'm just giving you some perspective on ANT's season. Up next here on Box to Row, the grades continue. I'm going to give my grades to the teams from the CIAA, Tennessee State, Hampton, also still to come, and I'm going to we're going to take a look at the matchup between Howard and Florida A&M. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for them. They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to, you know, go to work and, and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to cheer for you as loud as they can no matter who you're playing. Michael B. Jordan. And, and, I, and I think it's a testament to, you know, what HBCUs mean to people, you know, and, 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 and having that community and culture and shining a light on the universities, you know what I'm saying, in a real way, and creating a pipeline from these kids in high school and making them feel good about wanting to land at HBCU. We have high, you know, high, high talent. Um, and often it's gone and shipped out to other places. It's never poured back into the community. So if we can create an environment that's cool and a beacon of light and people want to feel like they want to be here. And so putting it on a national stage is really big. You know, most of the time these kids don't get televised games, you know what I'm saying? So be able to put them on Turner in a real way is really, really important. Um, and, and, and then the brands and then the sponsors, you know what I'm saying? And getting, you know, the NBA, you know, scouts and looks to come in and hopefully like build this thing bigger. The one and only Stephen A. Smith. It's my sincere hope that when my ride ends, I'll get a big hug and a big thank you for what I tried to do for other people when I was at the top. Because that's all you have to lean on at the end of the day, bro. I mean, I I plan on being successful for years to come, but it ain't gonna last forever. And, you know, when my day comes, when when it's the end of the road and it's time for somebody else to be in my seat, in my chair, you know, it's my hope that whoever that person or those people are, people that knew I cared about them and believed than them to help them get to this place. Hey, Spike Lee. Thank you. I haven't heard that. I mean, I've been on, the, on rails all over the nation. Thank you for that question. I'm a third generation Morehouse man. I was taught to speak your truth and that there's very special about being a Morehouse man the same way you feel about your school, the same way we feel all about our respective historic black colleges. That would have been my first choice anyway, and I'm proud to be a Morehouse man. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused, just really, you know, excited. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from Davidson to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. And, uh, it's a great story, and uh, I'm just having fun, you know, living my dream and riding the ride. The one and only Michael Strahan. Always good to talk to you. Hopefully next time it won't be, what, 14 years. You get to <laughs> You know what is good, and, and, and uh, you're encouraging people to be better and do better, and, and that's what I love, man. So thank you. I appreciate you. As we're joined by the one and only Jerry Rice. What do you remember most about those days at Mississippi Valley State? What is going on at Mississippi Valley State University? <laughs> Why are these guys putting up unbelievable numbers? And that brought the awareness to the school, and after that, I got drafted to the San Francisco 49ers. Dave Roberts, manager of the L.A. Dodgers, to be person of color and be the 
the manager of the Dodgers. What does that mean to you? I think the first thing that comes to me is responsibility. With recency and kind of the social, the racial issues that we're having that really come to light, which is, I believe, are good things. I think that it's a responsibility for me to be the first manager of color for the Dodgers. There's not many of us in baseball to do things the right way, to hopefully give other people of color opportunity. Hopefully it just paves the way. So I think that for me, I, I definitely look at it as responsibility, but something I'm willing to undertake. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honest. You know, football league has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have going to Division One. NBA All-Star Chris Paul. That was great to bring it back to one Salem State University, a uh, black college. Something that my city had never seen before, may never see again, and just having a up-close and personal feeling with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Mellows. It was exciting. I'm grateful for those guys coming out. Kyrie Irving. Playing at Duke for Coach K. What was that like and how that prepared you for the league now? Playing 11 games, you know, a lot of people think that's not a you know, big package for you to become a better player, but for me it was. Playing for Coach K, he gave me the keys to, to the car and I was driving it in first eight games and you know, being a part of something special like that and having a brotherhood built at an institution such as that one is an experience that you never forget. Ice Cube has been our guest. Hey man, thanks for letting me talk a little music, movies, and sports. Hey, my favorite three topics. Hey, y'all. It is the EST of WWE. The strongest, the fastest, the roughest, the toughest, the quickest, the greatest, the best on Box to Row. From the Press Box to Press Row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU sports with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at BoxToRow.com. That's From the Press Box to Press Row. Real. Relevant. Radio. It's report card day here on Box to Row. Now we're going to take a look at the teams from the CIAA. We're going to be, of course, doing this in alphabetical order. Bluefield State was 1-9 on the season, a tough season. You know, started out the season really well with the victory over Livingstone. And as a matter of fact, beat Livingstone 41-7 to and then proceeded to lose nine straight games. I thought um, with Bluefield State, it would be a much better season considering the season that um, Bluefield State was coming off last year. Not independent, Division Two independent, but uh, had I think a, a, a an even record. Finished the season something like four and four, maybe five and four, something like that. Beat a couple of CIAA teams, but once you get into the conference, and then you know it, it's one of those situations where maybe some of the players you were able to get into the program last year you weren't able to get in because now you're affiliated with the conference. Everything is on the up and up. Although again, it was an in, it was an NCAA Division Two independent. That said, I know Tony Coxham and his staff are going to bounce back. Gave Bluefield State an F for the season. Bowie State on the season. So this was a Bowie State team that had it was kind of a really kind of an up and down season, uh, really for Bowie State. And you looked at last year and you said, okay, well, you know, there's a lot of transition and all of that. But what I'll give where I will give. Bowie State credit is in terms of finishing the season, right? Like finish with three straight wins. You know, you look at a, a, a win to start the season against Delaware State. Now playing up, I realize Delaware State may not have been great, but that, again, you're playing up, you get the win. Um, you know, beat a Shaw team that that at least early on could have been one of those teams that could have competed in the CIAA. So when you look at Bowie State, it's a team that started the season off uh, th- three and one, but then a loss to Livingstone, which was a bit of a surprising loss. 
you know, proceeded to lose three straight games. Livingstone, Virginia State, Virginia Union bounced back against Bluefield State, Elizabeth City, and beat Lincoln. That was a Lincoln team that was much improved on uh, this year. Ended the season, I thought, on the right foot. I gave the Bulldogs a C. Elizabeth City State for the season. So this was a better uh, situation, I thought. This was a better season for Elizabeth City State. And yes, I realize, you know, only three wins, but I think the Vikings competed. I look at where the Vikings, you know, sort of finished on last year. And then this year, it it was better because to me, the Vikings, look, you're not going to win every football game. I think at the end of the day, if you're not winning games, which you want to, you know, that, I mean, that's what it's all about. Then are you competing? And I thought that, the Vikings definitely were competing. You know, Zakaria Adams uh, Duxon led the team. He's one of the leaders in the CIAA in rushing. You know, 4.8 yards per carry on the season, 808 yards rushing. He was one of the bright spots uh, offensively. I'm not sure if – I think he was an underclassman. I'm not sure if his status – you know, I mean, it's so hard to keep up with this transfer portal. I mean, if – you know, guys are moving all over the place. If he stays with the program, then, and if, if he still has eligibility, then that may bode well future-wise for Elizabeth City State. I think it's a program that's on the come up. Um, but this year, I gave the Vikings a D. Fayetteville State on the program, uh, on the season. Okay, and, be, and before we go uh, any further, um, you know, our condolences go out to the Fayetteville State University family, the football program, athletics department uh, of, uh, of of Jada Brown, an assistant coach's defensive line coach, and he passed away. Um, on uh, actually it was on December first, but it wasn't reported until I don't know sometime this week. Um, and so our our thoughts and prayers certainly are with are with Fayetteville State. This was a this was a good season. It, this is the thing about Fayetteville State. <clears throat> the defense that Fayetteville State has is the defense that if the Broncos had had, you know, in previous years, or the or the offense. In other words, the offense, there, there wasn't much offense for the Broncos this year. A lot of defense, not much offense. And if you go back some years and you say, okay, give me the offense, that Fayetteville State had with the defense from this year, boy, this may have been a, a really dangerous squad that, you know, finally got over the hump last year in terms of winning that CIAA championship, but the previous five years had lost in the CIAA championship game, lost a close one to start the season to UNC Pembroke, lost to Lenore Rhine, uh, but then proceeded to have a winning streak until its loss in the CIAA championship game to uh, Virginia Union. I know the Broncos are going to bounce back, and but you know, I mean, it was a good season for Fayetteville State. Obviously, you go eight and three. I gave the Broncos a B. Johnson C. Smith on the season. So I didn't know, you know, really sort of what to expect from Johnson C. Smith uh, on the season. Okay, uh, you know, Maurice Flowers as the head football coach is great. He's got an offensive mind. You looked at the season that Johnson C. Smith had in 2022. It wasn't good. But, look, this was a team that played well, right? Like, 
look, I, you know, I, I'm not sleeping on Lincoln. That was a good win against Lincoln. I was surprised at the loss to Shaw, but then down the stretch lost a close game to Fayetteville State. Uh, you know, beat Winston-Salem State, beat a, a Livingstone team that had had gotten itself together to sort of end the season. And, <clears throat> you know, I think the quarter the quarterback play is going to be going to be improved under coach flowers as the time goes on as i mentioned lost that game on wednesday uh, in fort lauderdale to fort valley state to end the season with a loss but i didn't have the expectations that the golden bulls came with in terms of the way that the season went so i gave johnson c smith a b lincoln on the season as i mentioned you know lincoln is on the come up. I I I I said this last year. I, I think when you have a quarterback, and I mean it helps. You know Isaiah Isaiah Freeman. You know he took his lumps in 2022, in terms of, okay, you know kind of as a true freshman, you know learning what college football is all about, and he still, you know even last year, even though he took some lumps, I thought he played reasonably well on last year. And then you couple that um, into this year as the conference's player of the year, um, this uh, CIAA player of the year, 25 touchdowns, nine interceptions, completed 57% of his passes, 2,319 yards on the season. And, you know, he had a, a, a really, really good receiver in Malachi Langley who, by the way, uh, was also HBCU College Football All-America first team as well. Uh, so, you know, I think if the defense kind of comes together, the future could be bright for Lincoln and could be competitive in that CIAA Northern Division. I thought a solid season. I thought a, a, a solid season. Four and six. But, again, I, I thought d- did better maybe than I thought that the Lions would do when I gave the Lions – a C minus Livingstone on the season. So Livingstone really did not start the season out well at all. As I mentioned, started the season out with a loss and a, a bit of a surprising loss at that to Bluefield State. Now I'm not really sure what happened in that football game. Got obliterated by Bluefield State, who proceeded to go on to lose nine straight football games. Lost to Catawba. Lost to Virginia Union. Lost to Virginia State. Right, so you start the season out with four straight losses. Okay, <clears throat> that's tough. How do you rebound from that? You beat Bowie State. You beat Winston. Like Winston, Winston wins that game against Livingstone. We're talking about Winston maybe competing even more down the stretch for uh, a right to to win that Southern Division crown. Lost a tough game to Fayetteville State. Then closed the season out with wins over Shaw and St. Augustine. So you lose your first four games, okay, then you win four of the next five games for Livingstone. Okay, I thought that was pretty good. Um, I didn't know really what to expect. Uh, you know, the quarterback situation maybe, you know, not as, uh, you know, as, as stable as you would like for it to be. But I think a good finish, winning four of your last five games, finishing strong, including the last two games, I gave Livingstone a C minus St. Augustine's boy. I, I mean, it was just a tough season. You, 
you know, you had some turmoil, um, you know, during the course of the season for the Falcons, replacing uh, the head football coach, which was definitely, a you know, sort of a tough deal. But the thing about St. Augs and the Falcons, you know, and again, Howard Feggins uh, it was, was relieved of his duties. You know, that was a St. Augs program that, Fought. I mean, if you look at, you know, if you look at, if you look at where the program was, and and then you know, sort of how how it finished. Now, you know, it's hard to say. Okay, well, you were zero and ten on the season. I mean, that's tough in of itself, right? But look, homecoming game, lose to Fayetteville State seven to nothing, lose to Johnson C. Smith by eight points, lose to Winston Salem State by. By uh, by seven points, lose to Shaw in that battle for Raleigh by seven points. Like that's a that's a program that's definitely fighting. Maybe future uh, bigger th- uh, good things are ahead for the future. But again, you, you didn't win any football games. I had to give the Falcons an F on the season. Shaw on the season, so I thought it would be a better season um, for Shaw football, and you know it just. It just, it just, for whatever reason, the last couple of years, I think injuries has sort of played a factor into it. I mean, you know, starting the season off with that loss to Benedict, fifty-two to nothing. Um, as a matter of fact, lost the first three games before beating, you know, Elizabeth City State, beat Johnson C. Smith. The only other win on the season was against uh, St. Augs. Lost a close game to Fayetteville State. I think the quarterback situation, you had some injuries there, not stable. The offensive line and and. You know, look, Adrian Jones mentioned that the offensive line wasn't stable, did not allow for Sidney Gibbs to really get going. You talk about one of the best running backs in the CIAA over the last four years, that's Sidney Gibbs, but just not able to get it going. And uh, so I, you know, I gave Shaw on the season, three and seven on the season, I gave Shaw a D. Virginia State on the season. So Virginia State was eight and two. And it's unfortunate because, look, start the, the year off, and I thought I thought Virginia State had a really good uh, defense, uh, a good offense as well. You start the season off with a win at Norfolk State. That's a big win. Beat Tusculum. That, you know, again, you're talking about a sack opponent. And, and you're talking about a, 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 a Virginia State team that started the season out 7-0, and got tripped up by Elizabeth City State. Look, if Virginia State wins that game against Elizabeth City State, okay, even the loss to Virginia Union, to me, it's hard to keep Virginia State out of the conversation for an at-large berth because you would only have one loss and a win against Norfolk State. Now, again, I don't know how much the committee plays uh, into wins against FCS opponents. Um, but look, that, it, it was a really good season. Dr. Henry Frazier, his staff uh, at at Virginia State, uh, just, you know, a couple of losses down the stretch, especially to Elizabeth City State. That really hurt. I gave Virginia State a B. Virginia Union on the season. What more can you say about the Panthers? Finally getting over the hump, okay? Um, only loss on the season prior to the playoff loss, to the Division II playoff loss, uh, was to Fayetteville State on a field goal. And then, you know, Virginia Union avenged uh, that loss, winning in the CIAA championship game when it counted the most. Jada Byers, the running back, again, 
Uh, first team HBCU college football All-America uh, for the second straight year. Went over 1,000 yards. Had a really, really good season. Um, you know, Virginia Union, you know, Dr. Alvin Park and his staff did a really, really good job. I mean, you can't say anything about Virginia Union. I gave Virginia Union an A. The final team was Winston-Salem State. And, you know, I look at Winston-Salem State, and there were some opportunities. You know, I'm a little bit disappointed in, in, in Winston-Salem State season because I thought there were some opportunities there. I saw the first game in person against North Carolina Central. I thought the Rams played relatively well. Um, you know, you know, tough loss to Lincoln. Maybe if Winston-Salem State wins that game and then you lose to Livingstone. Those are tough losses. You know what I mean? Like, you win those games. And I think down the stretch, battled against Fayetteville State, lost that game. I think it could have been a better season for Winston-Salem State. I think the offense was solid. The defense, not so much. I gave the Rams a D. So that's a look at the teams from the CIAA. Still to come, my thoughts on the matchup between Florida A&M and Howard. And I'm going to talk about and give you grades for Hampton and Tennessee State. Do you feel like the cost of car ownership has gotten out of control? Take charge by refinancing your auto loan today. One call to Rate Genius can save drivers an average of $1,200 per year. The loan specialists at Rate Genius have helped people for more than 20 years replace high interest auto loans, lower their payments, and spend less in interest. Rate Genius works with over 150 lenders to find you the most competitive terms. Customers lower their rate an average of three percentage points. That's huge savings. It's absolutely free to apply for refinancing through Rate Genius, and when you refinance your auto loan, you won't owe a payment for 45 days. Make the five-minute no-obligation call today and get on your way toward affordable car ownership. Call 800-958-0341. 800-958-0341. That's 800-958-0341. Rate of payment values are calculated by using the average savings for customers from January 1st, 2022 through December 31st, 2022. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness. Value of the field loan term and other it's Donald Ware from the press box to press row. It's report card day here on Box to Row. We gave grace to the team from the CIAA, the SIAC. I gave you thoughts on North Carolina AT. And last week, gave grades to the teams from the SWAC and the MEAC. And you had it. You didn't, if you missed that show, you can log on to our website, boxtorow.com, and listen to that show. Tennessee State, 6-5 and five on the season, finished 2-4 and four in the inaugural season of the Big South and the OBC. When I looked at Tennessee State, I mean, Tennessee State was on a roll. Okay, you start the season off losing to Notre Dame, but who wouldn't? It was a, it was a guaranteed game. Then won its next two, lost to UT Martin, proceeded to, to win – uh, four in a row, okay, and then finished the season losing three in a row, which is was a bit of a surprise. I thought that, you know, Tennessee State was playing some really good football, but really the, the, the quarterback play and the offense as a whole in the last three games just really wasn't there. I thought the defense was, was pretty solid throughout the course of the season. And then, of course, you got Terrell Allen, who uh, was named uh, the HBCU uh, or the the Willie Davis defensive player of the year. He had something like 
28 tackles for loss. He's leading FCS in like 28 tackles for loss. He had like 16 sacks. I mean, he had just a ridiculous season from a numbers perspective. He really, really was the anchor uh, of that defense. I was surprised that Tennessee State, and, and particularly how uh, Tennessee State finished uh, down the stretch, I gave the Tigers a C. Taking a look at Hampton uh, on the season. And, you know, look, I had a chance to see Hampton play, calling that game Hampton um, against uh, North Carolina a and I thought Hampton started the season off uh, really well. I mean, that was a big win um, against Grambling, losing a, um, you know, a rivalry game to Norfolk State, but then beating Howard. We look at see where Howard in the program uh, MEAC champs, and that was a was a big one. Big win against Richmond. I thought that was a really, really good win um, for Hampton. And then, of course, beating A&T, back-to-back wins against Maine, but lost uh, to William & Mary and then lost to Elon to kind of close out the season. I thought when you look at uh, that Pirates uh, program and you look at the running game, like you talk about a running game, you're talking about one of the best uh, one-two combinations in all of college football. And when you're talking about Elijah Burris and Darren Butts, I mean, those guys ran the football extremely well. I thought Chris Zellis as a quarterback, I thought he was solid um, enough on the season, but Hampton just wasn't able to put it together uh, in totality uh, for the season. Playing in a, in a tough CAA, however, that's the thing, like, that's a tough conference Hampton is playing in, and I thought at least Hampton did better this year than it did last year in conference play, and I gave the Pirates a C-. Look, you can look at all of the grades that I gave to all of the teams because we're not going to be able to. I wanted to try to get to West Virginia State and Langston and some of these other programs, and I'm just not able to do that because I got to take a look at that Howard and Florida A&M football game taking place on Saturday, but you can log on to BoxToRow.com, and I gave my grades to all of the HBCU football teams. Now, let's look at the matchup. Florida A&M and Howard. Obviously, you're talking about the conference champions of the SWAC and the MEAC. I thought, you know, I, when I look at Howard, right, like I look at Howard from, a, from an offensive perspective, I look at Quentin Williams. Quentin Williams is playing some unbelievable football uh, right now. As a matter of fact, in the last five games in MEAC play, he's only got one interception. He's only thrown one interception. He's got 10 touchdowns. He's really um, doing a really nice job of protecting the football and getting that Bison offense moving. Okay, when I look at the running game, you know, the Howard Bison running game is uh, is 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 really, really good. It's one of the it's really one of the best um, in the country. So when I look at that Howard uh, running game, you know, I think from an offensive perspective, it's a, it's a good you know, it's a good offense with a good offensive line. I think the offensive line is good. Conversely, on with the Florida A&M defense, it's just an elite defense. I mean, you look at this defense as one of the best defenses in all of FCS. You know, Isaiah Major, Kendall Bowler. I mean, those guys um, are absolutely phenomenal players, okay? They've got maybe, the, maybe two of the best corners, meaning Florida A&M, uh, in the country, so I, you know, it, it it will pose a bit of a challenge to the Howard Bison in terms of trying to move the football and uh, tr- trying to trying to try, trying to put some points 
you know, up on the board. Um, that said, okay, um, let's look at Florida A&M's offense. You know, the offense is solid. I mean, I think Jeremy Musa's solid. I, I, you know, I, he's solid. He was the the Swax player uh, of the year. I, I know Willie Simmons would uh, 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 likes what he's been able to do. I think Rattler Nation wants a little bit more. I mean, I think if you look, you know, at the Florida A&M, what he's been able to do from a numbers perspective, I think one of the really good things um, about Jeremy Musa uh, is that he he doesn't you know he doesn't turn the ball over a whole lot and I think you know much like Quentin Williams I think that gives you an opportunity I think the thing about it you know Jeremy Musa he's he's uh, he doesn't really run the football in other words he doesn't scramble um, a lot and I think that could be you know that could be you know he's not a he's, he's at least Williams is not a running quarterback either but Williams has some escapability, um, Jeremy Musa not as much. So the the offense, you know, I mean, the offensive line I think is solid. The running game is solid for Florida A and M. When I look at that defense, you know, Kenny Gallup, um, the defensive back, safety for Howard. He's all world. That guy can play. He was a finalist for the HBCU um, Willie Davis Player of the Year award. He was first team uh, for the second year in a row. Um, uh, made the first team HBCU college football All-America team. He's really, really good. Broken Burr um, had had some injuries. The defensive lineman comes back. It's a solid Howard defense, right? If I look at this thing on paper, okay, if I look at this game on paper, I'd have to give the advantage to Florida A&M. One loss in the season. I think Howard was a little bit more inconsistent, although let's look at Howard. Two FBS opponents. Loses to, I, I can't remember, it was Eastern Michigan. Let me look it up real quick. If it was Eastern Michigan or Western Michigan, um, it was Eastern Michigan. Loses by 10 points, kind of came back there in the second half, and then only loses by three points to Northwestern. Now, I get it. Northwestern didn't have a great season, but it's a program that has more recently had some success, and, more, and even more so, it's a power five program. So Howard's gotten tripped up in a couple of games. The Hampton game, it got tripped up in. You know, Harvard was a really good team. But, I mean, it's one its share of games got tripped up a little bit by South Carolina State. If I looked at this thing from a matchup perspective, I definitely would give the advantage to Florida A&M. But the game that sticks out to me from a Howard perspective, and look, you know, good wins by Florida A&M, beat Jackson State's got some decent wins on the season. Only lost, speaking of FBS opponents, Florida A&M only lost to, uh, to, to, to South Florida. It was a close football game. It was only loss um, of the season, relatively close, 38-24. to 24. But, you know, I think Howard's schedule was a little bit more difficult in that win against North Carolina Central, a really good North Carolina Central Program led by Davius Richard, who, by the way, was the HBCU Offensive Player of the Year, was really, really a big win. And so from that perspective, while I think Florida A&M may be the better football team, I am going to go with Howard with maybe a bit of an upset victory over Florida A&M on Saturday in Atlanta. Your thoughts, hit me up via Twitter at box to, or on X. I should say at box to row B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Let's take the conversation off mic. My time is about up. 
I thank you for yours. For more information on Box to Road, you can log on to our website, BoxToRoad.com. Don't forget, the next couple of weeks will be our 2023 year-end review shows. And always remember to support those that support Yo, Box to Road is produced by UW Communications. Let's go.